Hello, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Eglash. This podcast is co-sponsored by the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, as well as the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is an international organization of physicians dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding and human lactation through education and research. Our goal for this podcast series is to help you manage clinical aspects of breastfeeding medicine. We also hope to keep you updated with current research that may impact practice management. Any advice or recommendations in this podcast do not reflect official policies or views of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. We'll be talking today about medications in breastfeeding mothers, specifically antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. We'll be talking to Dr. Tom Hale, who's a professor of pediatrics with the Texas Tech University School of Medicine. He has a special interest in medications during lactation, and he's written a book called The Medications in Mother's Milk. Hi, Tom. How are things going? Just fine. Just fine. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining me for this podcast today. So first, I'd like to talk about the effects of SSRIs, or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, on babies who are born to women who are taking these medications during pregnancy. Can we first talk about the clinical findings in these infants who are exposed to these medications? Sure. Basically, uh, we know that the the numbers of women that uh, require SSRIs are are increasing and are quite high. The ranges are from somewhere from 10 to maybe as high as 22% of women may need some antidepressant while they're pregnant. I think the, the, the larger part of the story here, though, is, is whether, you, um, whether you live with depression while you're pregnant or whether you use the drugs to treat depression while you're pregnant and what are the relative risks uh, therein. I think we've come to the conclusion over the last decade that the risk of depression far, far outweigh the risks of the medications. And that's pretty clear right now. We know that if a woman stops an SSRI that she's been on uh, before she became pregnant, if she stops it, she has a, about a, a relapse rate of about 68%. So many of them relapse very severely. We also know that if you do not take a, your uh, antidepressant medications, that the risk preterm birth in those depressed mothers is like goes from 4.7 to around 9%, so it doubles. We know there's a much higher risk of low birth weight in mothers that are depressed and a higher rate of intrauterine growth retardation. So the risks of uh, 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 perinatal depression is very, very high. And when you compare that to the risk of medications like the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, uh, uh, the risk of those medications really are, are quite small. We do know that, that infants when born will have uh, quite elevated levels of uh, SSRIs. They will be relatively equivalent to that of the mother. We've got studies with, uh, with uh, fluoxetine that show that when the baby's born, the, the plasma levels of fluoxetine are relatively the same as with the mom. And then we know that there's a, uh, a reasonably high uh, number that go through what we call discontinuation syndrome. Uh, Really, discontinuation syndrome is just a serotonin withdrawal syndrome. It occurs somewhere, uh, again, ranging from the study from 10 to maybe as high as 30% of infants will have some sort of discontinuation syndrome uh, that generally starts uh, depending on the the type of medication. 
uh, if it's a shorter half-life serotonin reuptake inhibitor like uh, uh, pros, uh, like fluoxetine, uh, excuse me, like uh, uh, Zoloft or Paxil, then the discontinuation syndrome generally starts within about 24 to 48 hours. The same thing would occur in the mom if she were just to stop her medication instantly. So it occurs pretty quickly. It may take three or four days uh, for babies to show uh, withdrawal symptoms from Prozac and those kinds of drugs are longer half-lives. But the incidence is quite high. Uh, these babies look somewhat like opiate withdrawal, irritability, and inconsolable crying. Um, the body temperature is a little bit lower. They simply don't eat well. They don't sleep well. Uh, and they don't adapt. They have poor adaptation. They simply don't adapt too well. And their APGAR scores in some of these instances are even lower. So discontinuation syndrome is quite common. But interestingly, most clinicians don't even treat it. Uh, there's not much treatment for it and not much need to treat these babies. So most babies get over it quite well and do, uh, do just fine after they withdraw. Do you have any recommendations for mothers who are taking SSRIs during pregnancy regarding ways that we can reduce this discontinuation syndrome, reduce the risk of it? There's been a lot of discussion about that, and, and I think the most important thing is is that uh, you not be switching mothers around from one antidepressant to another. Uh, we've known that certain antidepressants are probably safer. There's been a lot of... Uh, uh, there's been some research on paroxetine or Paxil that suggests it can, it can cause cardiac defects, but that has been largely debunked by a, a nice large study out of the Mother Risk Center. So we don't really think any of them produce uh, really uh, significant cardiology problems. Uh, and so I often, you know, many women say, well, they're going to stop or they're going to reduce the dose or they're going to switch from one drug like Paxil to to sertraline or something like that, and, and I don't think that's necessarily a good idea. I always urge them to consult their physicians before they do that, simply because we don't know that any one drug is safer than another while they're pregnant. And two, you have to realize that some of these drugs don't work on women. They may do just fine on paroxetine, and they may not do fine on Paxil or, 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 or excuse me, uh, Zoloft or one of the others. So switching patients from one antidepressant to another or reducing dose can be risky in and of itself, and it really may not be necessary. In fact, we don't think it is necessary to do that right now. Do you think there's any benefit in nursing these babies in terms of reducing the risk of discontinuation syndrome? We don't have any absolute evidence that that is true, and there's a reason for that. Most of these babies go through withdrawal quite quick. 24, 48 hours. And during the colostrum phase, remember that the volume of colostrum is so small that the dose, the clinical dose of the SSRI in milk is exceedingly small as well. So whereas it might be helpful, it may calm them, it may make them feel better, as far as the dose of the drug transfer during that colostrum phase is probably minuscule, and it wouldn't have really much of a clinical effect on the baby. Now, at a week or two weeks later, then the dose is larger. But during the colostrum phase, with 30 to 60 cc's of colostrum, there's simply just not enough drug in the colostrum to, to produce a clinical effect or to reduce the discontinuation syndrome in these babies. 
So I, I think it, it's wonderful. It'd be beneficial, but I don't think it would have a true pharmacologic effect on withdrawal. Uh huh. So let's now talk about SSRI use during lactation and the effect of these medications. I think most physicians are comfortable, or at least um, have been have experienced nursing mothers taking uh, SSRIs. Are there, do you have any recommendations for which medications would be safer or which ones should be avoided? Well, it's kind of an interesting story, but that we, we have actually better data, more transfer data on the antidepressants than we have on any other drug class that I know of. So we have lots and lots of studies. We know almost exactly how much Prozac converts or tra- transfers to a, to a breastfed baby. We know how much Zoloft. And when you look at the whole group, uh, the least transmission is for a paroxetine or Paxil. The next, about 1% to 2% uh, of the dose of Zoloft or sertraline transfers, and somewhere around 5 to 7% of Prozac transfers. So we actually know how much transfers of, of each of these, but that really doesn't matter too much because these babies seem to all do just fine. Uh, there's, there's, at this point, we don't think there are any untoward complications thus far from the use of these while, while they're breastfeeding, while mothers are breastfeeding. So we feel better and better. But I think it is most important, though, because this is a question I'm commonly asked. Well, you know, I've been taking Lexapro, I've been taking Prozac, and while I'm breastfeeding, should I convert to Zoloft because the milk levels are so low? I ordinarily advise against that. Uh, we all know in, the, in this business that mothers, uh, patients, do better on one or another of SSRIs, and you never know which one they're going to do best on. So if they are taking one and they're doing fine, don't switch them. Don't change them. Keep them on the medication that seems to work for them. And I think that there will be a better outcome in the long run because the moms will feel better, the moms will do better, and they'll educate and they'll they'll treat their baby better uh, over the long run as, as long as your depression is well controlled with the, the very medication that works best for them. That sounds like good advice. So one last thing I want to ask you um, is regarding other medications. So some people have difficulty taking SSRIs, and sometimes we're looking at using the SNRIs, the tricyclics, and sometimes additional medications for anxiety, such as benzodiazepines. Can you discuss some of these other medications during lactation, too? Well, let's start with the benzodiazepines first. We know that the benzodiazepine, or the Valium family, has been used for a number of years, and we have some studies on their use in breastfeeding mothers. And to some degree, the benzodiazepines do transfer. Xanax transfers significantly into human milk, and, and lorazepam or Ativan transfers significantly as well. We have one case report of an infant that went through a withdrawal uh, uh, from Ativan when the mother simply stopped breastfeeding and the baby went through somewhat of a withdrawal. So we think that small, very small clinical levels can transfer uh, uh, with the use of the benzodiazepine family. Now, we have quite a few studies, more than 40 or 45 studies, with the tricyclic family. The tricyclic antidepressants like Elevil, amitriptyline, desipramine, nortriptyline are not terribly popular as far as antidepressants because, they're one, they're not nearly as effective as SSRIs, and, two, they have so many anticholinergic side effects. 
uh, uh, blurred vision, dry mouth, constipation, sleepiness, or horrible complications. So compliance with the tricyclics is terrible. Fewer than 30% will ever stay on, on a tricyclic. They are quite good for certain syndromes, like chronic pain syndromes, like chronic migraine headaches, where they can be used in small doses at bedtime and not cause too many complications. But overall, they're not a terribly popular family. But they are good for breastfeeding moms if that's the drug of choice for them. And I've forgotten what the other family was. Oh, the SSNRIs. We do have some studies on two or three of those. Uh, their levels range around 7 to 8% of the maternal dose. So we have very li limited data. They seem to be all right. Venlafaxin has been well studied. Uh, they seem to be all right, and I think if moms need uh, an SSNRI and that's what works for them, that's what they should take. Great. Well, thank you so much. Um, oh, I just want to ask you one other question. For the tricyclic antidepressants, the anticholinergic side effects, have you had any concerns about a reduction in milk supply from those medications? That's an interesting question. For years, people have talked about that anticholinergics like atropine and Benadryl and, and other drugs like that uh, reduced uh, milk or milk production. That comes from the old theory that the breast is a uh, altered uh, secret or a sweat gland, and that's where it derives uh, ectodermically from the from sweat gland. I don't know that there's any truth to that or not, or not, and I don't think I don't think that anticholinergics per se actually reduce milk production. I don't believe that that's necessarily true. I have heard stories that Benadryl does that, but I've seen lots of patients take Benadryl and do just fine. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't think there's any credence to the fact that anticholinergics dry up milk. Oh, interesting. And then one other final question is the issue of SSRIs with a delay in lactation, in the stages of lactation. Uh, was there some evidence that that was a possibility, that that we would see some slowing of the milk gradually coming in during that first week? That was an interesting study that came out, uh, but it, it was somewhat flawed. The study was somewhat flawed. One, all those studies were done in, uh, in rodent species, and rodent species are not at all like humans uh, when it comes to breast milk or breastfeeding or, or the milk production system. So I think we need to hold off to see if if there is any truth to the fact that SSRIs may suppress milk production, I personally don't think that there is. Uh, we, we've not had any other uh, suggestion of that thus far uh, other than that one small paper. And uh, I think we need to hold off before we can really suggest that, that they do suppress lactation. Yeah. I, I personally don't think they do because there are literally millions of mothers that have breastfed babies while taking SSRIs, and they do just fine. Right. Clinically, I don't notice that. I don't well, notice it either. Right. Well, thank you so much. This was wonderful, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Very good. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at abm at b as in boy, f as in frank, med dot org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.